I don't need to make any more money. Like, I'm fine where I'm at right here. I was like, but how do I help a million other people leave their corporate jobs and do what I did? It may not be traveling around the world, but maybe it's starting up their business with their wife just so they could be at home with the kids, you know? So that's what we're doing. It's been a freaking blast, man. I work way more than I did in my W-2, and it's way more fun. You are listening to the Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. And when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm the founder of an award-winning real estate investment firm and actively investing in commercial real estate all over the country. This show allows me to interview, dive deeper, and deconstruct many passive wealth principles, not just from investing, but tactics, strategies, and many fascinating ways in which people have achieved levels of passive wealth. Through my nearly 20-year career as a professional investor, I've built an amazing network of people and come across some super savvy investors. Not only do they have a unique stance on the marketplace, but look at the same problems we all face and many times have come up with a simple but unconventional approach to solving them. This is why I'm so excited for this podcast. It allows me to unpack and have a more in-depth conversations with these special guests. Selfishly, it's a platform where I get to ask the questions that would never come up in a normal conversation and I get a chance to learn and dissect their best strategies and you get to be a part of that process as well. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversations, and these amazing passive wealth principle lessons. Welcome to Passive Wealth Principles. I'm your host, Jake Harris. I have an amazing episode. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus here for for summer break, but um, we're coming back with a fury, and we got the amazing Brian Lubin. We talk about his podcast, Action Academy, and we actually dive into some details, is leaving his corporate job, now working uh around the world, spending eight months traveling, being remote, and then diving into, of course, the show is Passive Wealth Principles, but not necessarily just about passive, but also how can you build a a job or a career or a path that is remote uh, and scalable as far as from building income, geographically independent. And that's oftentimes a lot of things that I hear people reaching out to me is like, I want to go travel but they're not afraid to work. And so that it doesn't necessarily have to be passive. It could be active or in trading their time for money. Um, but it is trading it for freedom and financial freedom. And so dive into this episode with Brian Lubin. We're going to talk about details, traveling the world, living in Greece, living in Spain, living in South America, and then where he's landed now in Austin for this very, very exciting of Passive Wealth Principles with Brian Lubin. All right, Brian, dude, I am super stoked for this episode. Uh, actually, I've been on your podcast. I think we did two two parts. Like the first one, we got so sidetracked and off that we never even got to the topics that we were going to ever talk about. And then mm-hmm. we had to do a part two. So I, I'm excited to have you on my podcast so that we can start hearing a little bit more of, of your story and your journey. And it is an amazing journey. Uh, and it's an amazing story because there are so few people um, that I have seen and, and it, uh, you know, a testament to your action Academy, mm-hmm. people that actually take action and actually, you know, like move the needle in life is, uh, and I, I know you have a saying, the, the entrepreneur to, to the entrepreneur yeah. is there's way more people that are entrepreneurs that living vicariously through Instagram and watch Brian, uh, in Europe for months on end or going to South America or doing whatever you're doing. And they're like, wait, this dude's living an epic life. I want to do that. But what happens is they get in their own way. Mm-hmm. You didn't get in your own way. You started taking those action steps. So I want, and, and for the audience sake, give us the background story and take five minutes or whatever, you know, it, it needs to give it justice. You know, how did you now living financially free or at least mm-hmm. remotely uh, and have this kind of epic life that you've designed? 
yeah, so everyone sit tight for the next 27 minutes. We're going to take you on a journey. No, guys, we're going to, <laughs> I'm a podcaster too. So Jake and I have both podcasts and so we'll get it done. We'll get it locked and tight in about two minutes. You guys buckle up and we're going to provide a lot of value to you for the next 60 minutes. Um, cool. So Brian Lubin, um, very uh, traditional upbringing, went to college, did the corporate thing. Um, I was in sales, B2B enterprise sales, made it to the top of the company. It was number eight out of 5,079 sales reps. Won all the awards. I had the big old trophy case. Um, they give you all these cool little fancy trophies for rep of the year, diamond level, you know, top of the company. And then they start slotting you for promotion for manager, then VP, then VP of the Southeast, and then senior VP, and then maybe up to one day. Who knows? Maybe you're going to be the CEO, right? And so I reached the point where I was slotted for my promotions, and I started looking at the different positions ahead of me, which is advice that I always give to people leading off, which is look at your boss's boss. Is that somebody that you want to be? Do you actually want their, is the income that much better? You know, what's their quality of life look like? Do you aspire to be them as a person? Do you aspire to have their day to day? I looked at mine and I was like, hmm, a lot of conference calls, a lot of PowerPoints, a lot of travel pointlessly. You're missing your daughters grow up. You're balding and you're overweight. Sorry, Jake. Not about the overweight part. You're ripped, but sorry, bud. (laughs) And so I just looked at that. I was like, I don't want that. And candidly, he didn't make that much more than me. So Anyways, I started my escape plan. So that started with the development of what I call a vivid vision, which is made popular by Cameron Harold in the book Vivid Vision. Highly recommend you get it. And from that point, I wrote out a vision of what I would want my life to look like if money wasn't an object. If I could wave a magic wand in three years, writing it out in present tense, what is my life look like when I wake up in the morning? What does it look like? Who am I with? Where am I? What does my day look like? My schedule. And so I wrote, I'm going to wake up in Greece I'm going to look out over my balcony, have the infinity pool, see the Greek sun rising over the Adriatic Sea, and walk out on the cobblestones, have no calls in the morning, work in the afternoon with my remote business. And I had no idea what that would look like yet. And I said, in three years, this is what I'm going to do. And so fast forward, started buying real estate. Um, I had the end in mind, but I started just doing the house hack strategy, which we can get into if you guys want, the co-living. And, you know, just one by one, very slow, very unsexy. And I eventually got $4,000 a month of passive income and I was house hacking. So I was living for free. And since I was living for free, my, I had no debt. My expenses were so low <clears throat> that that $4,000 a month, ironically, hit my financial freedom. Technically, quote unquote, right? So I tell people with passive income, we aim for fixed expenses first. Because for me to replace a quarter million dollar a year sales job, a quarter million dollars of passive income takes a little bit of time. <laughs> so let's work on your fixed expenses first, and then we can work in the active business side afterwards to create the rest of that um, discrepancy between the two, right? So my 4000 got me out of the job. Uh, so ended up starting up Action Academy podcast um, in December of 2021. Uh, started that up, and the podcast blew up, uh, became super popular. A bunch of people started listening to it. Um, it was an entrepreneurship show that helps people buy real estate and businesses to get out of their jobs. And I started having people want to be affiliates, organizations like GoBundance, um, some of the coaches I was utilizing, and then I became an affiliate for them. And through affiliate marketing and real estate, I was able to leave that job in March of 2022, uh, replace that quarter million job, and get on a plane one way, which is the obvious next step, to go travel full-time around the world for eight months, which is what I did in 2022. Traveled all around Europe, traveled South America, finished in Singapore, came back, moved to Austin, Texas. Started up a new business, and now this new business is going to hit. Right now, we're on track. If we change nothing, we're going to hit 1.3 million ARR by the end of the year. I love so much about that, and, and uh, I, I agree. As far as the, the vivid vision, Cameron Harold, you know, I've, I've been at some events with him, and um, you know, all of his books I think are super impactful. But that one kind of maybe stands, yeah, yeah, stands out, but you know, double, double or, but the vivid vision, because exactly what you just said is I, I see that there's so few people, uh, and back to a lesson we were starting with the entrepreneur is people don't ever define out like what they want in the future. And so it's like Alice in Wonderland when she goes to the Mad Hatter and she comes in and walks in and is like, which way do I go? And I'm sure yeah. you've had this. People come up to you because of the podcast. I've had people, same thing with me. You know, hey, Jake, I, how do I buy my first property? Or how do I get into passive income? How do I get mm-hmm. into these other things? And it's like, well just as the Mad Hatter asked Alice, which way or where do you want to go? And she's like, 
I don't know. And so then it's like, it doesn't matter which way you go next, like which door left, right, what property you buy. Like you haven't necessarily defined what you're trying to aim at. And and, yeah. and, and a very basic level, that's like doing goals. Like mm-hmm. goals are great, but again, that's like scratching the surface of what the potential, and I don't even know what the percentage is, a shockingly low percentage of people that even write down their goals. Correct. Like 80% or 90% of people don't write out goals. And you're just like, what? Yeah. What are you doing, dude? How do you know what you're doing every day? Like, what are you planning for this year? And it's like, they don't. Yeah. It's like the art and the science, right? So Tony Robbins talks about this two-sided coin and all of us just use the science part. So we say, okay, I want you know $10,000 and people listening. Okay, this is probably you. I want $10,000 a month of passive income so I can quit my job, travel around the world full-time, right? Yeah, so I can focus on real estate full-time. That's what everyone says. I've done thousands of calls. Um, so cool, I get that. But there's an art. The art is actually, ironically, the hard part. The science actually isn't. So the science is the vehicles that we use to build the wealth, to build the passive income. And I say it's not difficult because it's been documented, right? Anything that's been documented thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times, like people have done it and they've provided a very repeatable blueprint. Jake with this podcast, guests on my podcast, go on YouTube. You can learn anything you need to know about even how to take down a hundred unit apartment complex, like for free. So the information's out there. The roadmap is there. It's just, we spend so much time focusing on the vehicle and not the end destination, like Jake's saying that people will get in the car and start driving and driving and driving, and the cars look like Airbnb, multifamily, commercial, triple net lease, whatever have you. You just pick a vehicle to invest in. And they spend so much time at the car dealership that they just start driving, and then all of a sudden you're on this endless highway, and (laughs) you're just driving for decades. And you're like, what the hell? Like, my car's starting to smoke. The engine starts catching on fire. You pull over to the side of the road, and then your car's done. And what's that look like? Depressed, depression, divorce, cancer, sickness, anxiety, like you're done for because you never were able to take a pit stop or get to your end destination. And the vehicle never even mattered. So the cool thing is now that we know this, it's like we can begin with um, the, the art and the vision and the end destination to create the strategy, which is everyone thinks strategy is telling you what to do, but strategy actually tells you what not to do. So like Jake just said, you know, strategy is a set of self-imposed constraints that we place on decision-making. So your strategy, if you want to go live in Hawaii, Brandon Turner style, you know, and you want to teach surf classes all day, and that's been your childhood, like you were a surfer as a kid, and you want to just start a surf school, then let's figure out what investments you can do adjacent to Hawaii or adjacent that are remote. You know, you're not going to want to be the operator of a local laundromat or a local apartment complex. You're going to want to be getting you towards Hawaii. So that's my soapbox that I talk about all the time. And it helps with your decision-making so much. Yeah, I think that's a great point as far as you're saying, you know, what not to do, you know, and and exactly the same in to use the vehicle uh, analysis that you just put out there. You know, are you trying to um, go super fast? Well, guess what? You know, uh, a Ferrari is better at going super fast. But if you're trying to tow an RV with your whole family and load up six passengers or five passengers, like, I'm going to tell you, guess what? Your Ferrari is going to be a bad choice for that Great because, point. like, you can't Great even point. fit the people in there. And so that's the same thing, like, investing into Airbnb or house hacking. Well, if you're a family of five, like, it's going to be a lot harder to house hack. And you have to also play the cards that you have currently dealt to you. And, you know, the sooner that you can get understanding, and then I think in what I want to get back to you is your story is that corporate kind of thing is you are able to – be red pilled, you know, to, to see yeah. the matrix earlier on, like you weren't now married with 2.5 kids with a white picket fence and the mortgage and all the other things where you're like, I can't get out of this corporate job. Correct. Not saying that at 40 or whatever that is, you know, that at that time period, you can't do that. It's also, it's easier to do that when you're in your twenties, when mm-hmm. you're like, I don't have all these responsibilities. Um, so, and I love what you, and I wanted to kind of go back to that was your fixed expenses. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go about 
as far as, you know, coaching someone or, you know, your newsletter is amazing and putting out some of the stuff. So like start with that, working on those fixed expenses. How do you start game planning? How did you start game planning to, you know, combat that? And what were some of the steps? And then maybe give some examples of how you've seen other people starting to uh, tackle that scenario. Yeah. And so first off, great point that added to the analogy of the car is like, yeah, if you have a, a minivan, like that's going to be a completely different trajectory than a freaking Ferrari. Or if you're like in a giant cruise ship, you know, it's a cruise ship versus a speedboat. When it's just you, you can move faster and you can pivot faster. But when you have a kid and you have kids and a multiple family and multiple mouths that are depending on you, that's where, you know, everything else kind of comes into play. Right. But that's the majority of people, I would say. And the majority of people in my community, too, is, you know, they all have young kids for the most part. And that's kind of the great awakening for them. I have one woman that joined uh, Megan and she's finishing up her maternity leave and it's her first child. And she's like, I'm about to have to go back to my big four consulting gig and have somebody else. You know, I'm going to have to pay somebody else to raise my damn child. And she's like, I'm sick of this. I want to move fast. I want to get out of here. So that's important to know. So when I'm coaching people, I tell them there's only three levers that you can pull for financial freedom. If you really distill it down, it's like you're either going to increase your income, reduce your expenses or accumulate assets. It's normally all three. That's what you're trying to do. The easiest lever to pull out of all of those is reducing your expenses. That's the easiest one, because I'm telling you, a $500,000 life is going to be way more difficult to replace than a $50,000 life. <laughs> like you can get the rest of the stuff down the line, uh, but it's going to be you have to take way more risk, way bigger swings of the plate uh, to be able to replace that 500000 And so even me looking at that quarter million, like that's where a lot of people are. And I was blessed to be making quarter million dollars at a young age, man. But that's just like... People are making 100000 150000 200000 probably that listen to this podcast, and they can't see a starting point. They're like, how the hell am I going to replace this? And so what I try to advise people is, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's almost like the Dave Ramsey debt snowball, kind of in the inverse. I'm saying, let's get down what your basic necessities are. Like, let's get down your food, your shelter, like just to where your family's covered. And then build up a three to six month emergency cash cushion while we're investing. And then let's build this, this up to where we have enough monthly passive income, maybe three, $4,000, which you can get from a couple of deals, a handful of deals anywhere. You can get that from one Airbnb, one good multifamily purchase. Like you could pull that off one, two co-living properties. Like it's not that difficult to get that kind of cash flow. And then, but now, now it's a game worth playing. So the kicker is my big mental pivot that I had from my coach was how do I replace a quarter million dollars in income? And I was like, how do I make that passively? And I was like, I want to do it in five years. And my coach goes, okay, passive income, passive income. He goes, why does it need to be passive? I thought about that. Nobody had ever asked me the fucking question before. I don't know if I can cuss. Nobody asked me the question before. Why does it need to be passive? I thought about it and I was like, well, technically I want to go travel around the world. That's my big, exciting, <laughs> that's my big, exciting life. Like, so I guess it doesn't need to be passive. Like, I would still want to work and do something and build a business, you know, but I was like, just don't want to do this. And he goes, okay, so let's change that from, you have some passive income. Let's change the rest to, you know, remote scalable income working for and with people, you know, like and trust. I said, oh, okay, I like that. So how do I generate, you know, the, the extra, you know, difference, which is, you know, $15,000 a month. How do I generate that difference online, like remotely, so I can go do that while I'm traveling? So the moniker that we created was, how do I generate $15,000 a month using a Mac and a mic <laughs> that I could take anywhere? And so we had no idea how we were going to do that. Podcast launches, everything's going well. And I said, this is what I want. This is my vision. And then the universe just happened to pop off. Like we talk tactics here, guys, but the woo-woo also applies. Uh, the podcast through affiliates, I started having people... Uh, reach out and say, hey, we had like seven people join GoBundance this, this month from your podcast. Or I had like five people join my coaching program for like $10,000 a pop from your podcast. I was like, oh, can I get a cut of that? And they're like, yeah, sure. So I was getting 10% cut. Dude, I was making $20,000 a month from the podcast on top of the real estate starting in January. So that happened for me. And I was just like, holy crap. And that's what led to what I now lovingly refer to as my entire brand, my entire life, my message that I shout from like the freaking mountaintops is passionate income. 
So I'm like, man, what would you do for free that the marketplace wants, that you're really good at, that you can make money from, the Japanese call it your ikigai, that you can freaking, you know, build a business off of that and live your freaking passion each and every day. And so for me, that's my podcast. So I made $167,000 from that podcast in 2022 um, just by making the podcast and on top of the real estate. So I tell people and kind of my messaging, and my coaching is let's get you enough passive income to cover your fixed expenses, to get you out of the job so that you can start doing the work to figure out what's the next thing that you want to work on. Because the answer is not laying on a beach. After two weeks laying on a beach, you're going to be hungover, sunburnt, bored. Like you're like, now what? <laughs> so that's the soapbox I'm on 24 seven, man. Yeah. That's I, and I, I think I had the, uh, I say everything happens for me and the blessing of becoming a, a millionaire in my twenties mm-hmm. is I had this goal of being a millionaire before 30 and I achieved And you didn't it. stop. <laughs> well, no, I stopped and I, I, I got fat. I got, you know, I, I did all the things that, you know, it, it, I didn't move the goal line. Like all of a sudden I achieved all the success and I was like, cool, I'm a millionaire I still was kind of working, but I was like, I totally took my foot off the gas pedal. And what happens is I became the worst version of myself. Mm. I became the overweight, grumpy, angry, like, you know, I was like, I'm 28, you know, 29 years old, you know, a a, a millionaire. Like, why am, why was I an asshole? Like why to, to my family and to, you know, to my brothers and stuff like that. And it was just like, well, the, the reality was is because I was not moving towards a, a betterment of myself and, and it's and really now it's, you know, it's combined of a lot of my own journey of discovering is like everyone with a lack of goals or a lack of growth becomes in a rut and it leads to depression and being overweight and all those other things. So exactly what you were talking mm-hmm. about, the entrepreneur, the persons that's sitting in corporate jobs, you know, as a sales manager, they're stagnating. They're living the same year over and over and over again. There's 10 years or 15 years living the same year over and over. I just happened to be because I was like, I achieved this arbitrary made up number on a, on a sheet of paper that says I'm a millionaire. I stopped. I stopped mm-hmm. trying to get better. And so then it was exactly that point was I was like, so when's enough enough? I go, well, and I love what Ed Milet talks about this is like, and to give a quick backstory to, to, to the, the people that haven't heard of Ed Milet or, you know, his version he's like, when I get to heaven is I believe God's going to show me the potential that I could have been. Mm-hmm. given all the talents and skills and things that I've been you know, blessed with. And he's like, and I want that to be the mirror image of myself. And that's where, to me, it, it disconnects it from the financial, like, when's enough enough? Do you have enough money? Do you have things? Well, the reality is, is like, when are you living up to your full potential? When do you stop living up to your full potential? And it's like, that's a discovery process. Yeah, that's a discovery process of what is that your journey? What is it that you're best at? And that's what I kind of want to dive into is like your next kind of steps is so you work towards and I, I love what you're talking about trimming expenses. Well, for high income earners, if you're a doctor and you're making a million bucks a year, oftentimes there's easier tweaks that you can do to trim your expenses. Like you can go save one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year on taxes easily relatively yeah yeah as far as a relatively easy thing well guess what your expenses from a tax perspective and it doesn't actually change your lifestyle you're not giving up your mocha lattes you're not giving up your s series lease you're not doing those other things but now you've just changed the framework of thinking well that gives you an extra hundred fifty thousand dollars a year you can go invest into well guess what that hundred fifty thousand dollars can go buy you an airbnb can invest Mm -hmm. into a real estate deal can invest into a podcast, do some of these other things. Cause it's like, oftentimes people have limitations of their time because you're making a million dollars a year or half a million dollars a year. So sure. if you're f- that use the, the, again, the cards that you're dealt with to start, you know, changing your environment, but it's again, getting specificity of like where you want to go. And it's, 
And to me, a lot of people that I, I help out with, $10,000 is that magic number that yeah, like, over it, and it over gets again. repeated over and over and over yeah. again. Like everybody wants to make $10,000 a month passively. And I was like, cool, let's work towards getting that because that seems to be the magic number. If I'm making 100, 120K a year passively, like then I can check out. I know some yeah. people that are making double that and they're still like, it's not enough money. Like I still need to make more. Is you so, your life changes. Yeah. That's something uh, that's something that, you know, being, you know, buddies with you and a lot of the guys, you know, that are older and further down the line, it's just it's really cool to be able to borrow perspective, right? Because then you can see perspective and then it's patterns and then it's almost like philosophy because there's different levels of it. Once something gets reinforced enough over and over again, you start to recognize it. And so like for me, I see a lot of guys that 50 million, 100 million still not there. So it's a dichotomy, right? It's like a catch 22 is the um Gary Keller calls it the undisciplined pursuit of more, right? So I think that there's the same, it's the same thing, but I feel we can change how we view it to our success or to our detriment. So for instance, if you are living in a lack, you know, and you want more to validate yourself, to get that external validation, to feel like you've made it and you haven't made it until you get this level, then this level, then this level, that's something that you should nip in the bud at 100,000, let alone 100 million, because the money will never fulfill that for you, ever. Um, but if you can flip-flop it, and you can utilize that in the inverse, kind of like you were saying to Ed's point, where he's saying, I want to you know, go to the pearly gates and have my perfect version of me say, hey, I want to be as damn near close to that guy as possible, right? So I did an episode uh, on my podcast with Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny is a massive uh, guy in the Keller Williams space, uh, massive entrepreneur. He's worth well over $100 million. He does $30 million, $30 million in take home each year. Um, so dude's killing it. And so his positioning really changed how I viewed things. So he, he makes it like, call, he called it playing the game of business. He's like, it's a game. And so his game that he plays is okay, how do I make, how do I generate a million dollars? It's like, no, how do I make a million dollars? Like, take home. Now, how do I net a million dollars after taxes, after everything's done? He's like, okay. Now, how do I have my team, how do I have my people closest to me making a net in a million dollars? Now, how do I make, you know, now how do I, and he just keeps expanding and expanding beyond him. So he's like, now, how can I take 100 people? How do I give a million dollars away without that affecting me? And he's like, I can give a million dollars away. So it's like earn a million, net a million, uh, like give a million. And I was just like, ooh, that's a fun game to play. And that was me, man. I was wondering aimlessly. So people may, you know, saw me traveling around. And to go way back really quick to the point that you made at the beginning where you said, oh, Brian's a guy that takes action. I would argue, actually, that a lot of people take action. They just don't document it, right? So a lot of people are doing stuff, but they're not calling their shots and then documenting the process publicly, which I think everyone should do. So like for me, I post my vision publicly. I say, hey, guys, here's what I'm going to do, and here's how I'm going to do it. And I post that, and everyone's like, okay, cool. And I just start doing it, and I'll say, okay, update. You know, podcast is at 50,000 downloads a month. I want to get to a million downloads a month. This is where we're at. Now we're at 100,000. Now it's like, then we'll be at 500,000. Then we're at a million. I'll document the journey. So if more people did that... And then everyone would be like, ah, that person takes action. So for me, I never want to stop. And there's this quote from Alex Ramosi that I really, really liked where he says, the best games to play aren't winnable. And I think that's true of life and true of business. So if we reframe how we think about business and we think about investing, then it's like you can't win the game of marriage. You play the game of marriage to continue playing the game of marriage so you don't get divorced. <laughs> it's like you can't win the game of health. You continue playing the game of health so you don't get you know, sick and overweight. And you don't win the game of business. You continue to play the game of business. So that means you don't go out of business. So it's like if you fall in love with the game and fall in love with the process and you love the process of investing and you build your life and your business around that to where you build your business around your life, not your life around your business, then it's such a sustainable game that you can work long hours but feel fulfilled and energized instead of depleted and burned out. So that's how I operate my businesses, and that's how I'm operating right now is I left that job and I was sitting in Greece. I said, what the hell? Who am I? Because winners win. Builders build. And if you're not building and you're not winning, then even if you identified as a winner that got you to that point, 
you're no longer a winner because you're not winning at anything anymore. So that's why the, what happened with you is then you gained weight and you said, okay, I'm, I'm an asshole to people because your identity was completely gone. So it's like for me, I had to make, go from me to we. And I said, I'm good. I don't need to make any more money. Like I'm fine where I'm at right here. I was like, but how do I help a million other people leave their corporate jobs and do what I did? It may not be traveling around the world, but maybe it's starting up their business with their wife just so they could be at home with the kids, you know? So that's what we're doing. And so that's what I'm building with my business and with my podcast. And it's been a freaking blast, man. I work way more than I did in my W-2, and it's way more fun. I think that that there's something about that with an entrepreneur. It's like uh, uh, work... 10 times as much or, or 10 times as many hours for less money, you know, if you actually broke it down on an hourly basis. But the, the reality is, is you're going to do life anyway. You're going to spend yeah. those hours. And uh, I, I love what you talked about that as far as um, Alex Hormozzi's, you know, kind of component of the, these are games that are unwinnable, you know, as far as exactly what you just said. When, when can you go to the gym that – you're done. Like you work out hard yeah. enough that you never have Made to work it. out again. Like you know, <laughs> I was like, all right, I got a great pump. And then yeah. three days later, you know, you were like, cool, I got to go back, you know? So it's Jake, like, how many, how many people do you know that are making a hundred thousand dollars a month passively? Like a, a hand, good handful, right? Like I know a good handful that I make hundred thousand dollars a month passively, like 1.2 million to 3 million passively, like truly passively. They're still doing stuff. All right. Hey there, fellow wealth builders and life hackers. We have a quick timeout. You know, the path to passive wealth is paved with the right knowledge. And that's why I want to introduce you to something special that I've been working on. It's called the trade-off. It's a newsletter and it's designed to help you stop trading time for money. I'm all about efficiency. So each article is laser focused and can be read in about four minutes per week. Unless you're a slow reader, then maybe five or six minutes. It's all about crafting the lifestyle you've dreamed of and is packed with insights I wish I'd known years ago. I dissect the systems and the strategies that help you earn with your mind, not your time. I'd love it if you'd go check it out and give me some feedback. You can find it at PassiveWealth.com. That's all one word, PassiveWealth.com and sign up for the newsletter. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, and I love that. And I want to go back to that, the kind of the build in public. Mm-hmm. So as far as, you know, talk me through that, you know, you're, you're in Greece, you see the sun rising, you've now kind of bridged over to the, the, the Brian, you know, 2.0, the enlightened uh, version of yourself. So like, talk me through that kind of eight months and that now explaining that build in public, you know, kind of persona that you've started developing and how did you come to that realization? And mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you have, you know, you know, done to start creating that, uh, that growth? Yeah. So the funny thing about the enlightenment process is everyone thinks it's so sexy, but it was terrible, dude. <laughs> it's awful. Growth is not sexy. You know, the, the idea of it is sexy, but growth comes from pain. Like it comes from friction. So I went through four panic attacks where I thought I was going to go to the hospital um, after I quit my job. Cause I was just like, okay, well, first off, my identity is completely gone. I'm just sitting at home. I'm like, what am I doing? So piece of advice, if you guys are going to go travel around the world full time after you leave your job, don't have a three month gap between <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> so that's what I did. And that was awful. And so I was sitting there questioning everything and I was just like, Oh my God, what am I doing? This is the worst thing ever. And then we went and traveled. It was everything that I ever imagined. It was sensational. It was wonderful. It was magical. And, you know, then the months start going by and, you know, we did a month in the Greek islands. Then we did a month in Barcelona and then all around Eastern and Western Europe. And then eventually into South America and Brazil. And it was just a blast. and It was heaven. And man, I was just like, what is next, dude? Like I'm 27. I'm not done. I was like, podcast is printing out money. I've got, I'm still saving money while I'm traveling here. It's like, I'm still spending as much money as I can spend. I'm still, you know, granted things change. You have kids and everything and that's a new season of life. But it's like, I was spending enough to where it would, you know, you could cover a family of four. And I was just like, okay, um, I don't know what to do. So I had to do the worst thing that any entrepreneur can ever do. And it's what we all need to do. And we refuse to do. And that's to stop to get still and to get quiet. 
We hate that because <laughs> we're all type A heat-seeking missiles where we go 100 miles an hour, and that's what got us, that's what got us here, but what got you here is not going to get you there, right? So I had to slow down. And there's this book. Uh, I think books come to you at the right time. If you stop like forcing all these books and do a book a week, I don't agree with that. I think the right book will find you when it's time, wholeheartedly. Because what happens is people will recommend a book to me, and then another person randomly will recommend a book to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to read that book right now, or I'll see it somewhere. And so The Buddha and the Badass uh, was a book that came to me in the beginning of the trip, and it talks about these periods of navigation versus acceleration. And during these periods, we think that we need to accelerate all the time back to our analogy of that car that we're driving down this endless highway, and you're just mashing the gas. But that's not how we're supposed to operate. If you look to nature, how do cheetahs and hunters in the, in the wild operate? They don't sprint 24-7. They spend most of their time stalking their prey, plotting their next move, doing that background work, you know, checking out that gazelle in the back, seeing what angle they want to attack. And then when it's time to mash the gas, that cheetah is gone, 90 miles an hour, and it's taking the gazelle down. Same thing applies with operating like you do, Jake, where you're like, okay, let me analyze this market. We look through this churn, all this chop, and then let me get my capital ready. Let me get my partners ready. And then all of a sudden, deal, deal, deal. There's a deal. Mash the gas. Let's go. Let's take this thing down. Right? So that's how we're supposed to operate, but we don't. We do a bad job of that. So I had to slow down and just be okay and surrender, which is my word of the year, to just be like, okay, I'm going to get quiet and I'm just going to go walk in the woods, get my goods in the woods, as Tim Rhodes would say. Uh, that's in GoBundance. And eventually... I was walking down the beach in Brazil, and then that idea popped up, not me, but we. And then everything, and then I was like, because I got quiet. And then finally, I was like, okay, that's my thing. And it was so strongly my thing that I immediately sprung into action, and I was like, okay, I got to act on this. And it was so much so that I couldn't even enjoy Brazil anymore or travel anymore because I was just wanting to work, 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 work on the new thing. And so I was like, okay, I got to leave and go home. It's time to accelerate again. And ever since that period, now we're on another eight months later. Now I've been accelerating ever since. And it's been the most fun time of my entire life. It's actually after the travel. Like, this has been a freaking blast, man. And now, so we're growing a community. So it actually started as a course, turned into a mastermind community of people that are leaving their W-2 jobs and um, going to financial freedom through real estate and business acquisition. People are doing massive deals. It's super fun. It's insane to watch. We have like 170 people now that are in there, and it's growing like crazy. And, uh, dude, that's what I do full-time, 24-7 now. And it's the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. And it's exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I wouldn't have been able to figure that out if I didn't get quiet. Yeah, I think that's a great example is, I mean, I haven't heard of The Buddha and the Badass. Um, but I, I think one of the a couple of other books that come to mind that are similar to that is Essentialism. And uh, there's another one. Uh, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm, that's a good one. That sounds like a good one. Yeah, so it, it's written by a, a pastor um, up in Port, from Portland, Oregon, and he talks about this is um, you know whether whether you want to call it Stoic philosophy or religion, um, but you know like Jesus in the Bible was not in a hurry. You know, no. he actually only lived to be thirty three years old, but it was like. He, he was not sprinting between like events and stuff like that. You know, it was, nah, this is the, the path. And it's that same thing. And that elements of essentialism of eliminating and even giving time to reflect and fast and sprint, spend time in, in prayer, or maybe that's meditation or, you know, like you said, the goods in the woods walking around that travel and that season of your life was allowed you and, and, I know for the same for me is whenever I kind of step away, your, your monkey mind gets a chance to start like, fighting. Yeah. And, but what happens is it starts connecting. And just like when you go to sleep, recategorizing re L you know, like all of a sudden you start seeing the opportunities and you're like, Oh, it's like, Oh, but if you're so busy in the grind and like right now, yeah, it's a grind on a lot of things in commercial real estate. It's a grind right now in the real estate world because the markets are a mess. Capital markets, lending, you know, raising capital. Like it, it's, it's hard in those elements, but 
I love what you're, you know, you, you talked about earlier and I kind of want to dive into that as far as the, the, the passionate mm-hmm. elements of it is I believe everyone has a unique purpose, mm-hmm. why they're on this planet. Um, and that, that purpose may be just, you know, during a season of their life conveying and putting out connection to other people. But the, the reality is, is people think their purpose is making more money. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you is as far as from someone that, you know, you have made money and lost money and made money again and been around lots of people like you, Brian and others. And it's just like fagazi fagazi, you know, money goes up, money it's goes a woozy down. Experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, talk me through like now post, you know, your, uh, travel eight months, how you claim to settle in Austin Mm-hmm. And then how you've transitioned some of those things into like this passion to the, from the courses to the mastermind, to what you're doing on a daily kind of building activity now. Um, so that's a lot of things like how'd you land in Austin? How, how, and what are you doing on this now moving to this purpose and passion of, of maybe Brian 3.0? First off, some people may be listening to this and they're like, okay, what's this woo-woo bullshit, right? You know, uh, they're talking about taking walks in the woods. What are you, what are you guys talking about? I'm, I'm here to tell you, guys, I thought the same thing, okay? <laughs> I was in that camp. Jake was probably in that camp. We were all in that camp. We're like, give us the tactics, bro. Walk us through how you analyzed your co-living properties and how you printed out $4,000 a month. Walk us through some commercial real estate. Walk us through, you know, the nuts and bolts. I'm telling you guys, like... This is the hard part. This is the hard part. The other part is documented. This stuff isn't. This stuff is all brand new to us. And you're fighting yourself, which is the hardest person to fight. <laughs> so it's like, and like you said, Jake, I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life right now. Like I'm making five times more money than I've ever made in my life. And I'm like, and I, it, now I don't care. I could care about it even less than I've ever cared about it before in my life. And I think that that's correlated because I don't care about it. Because for me, consciously, what I truly believe is that money isn't real, it's value. Money is just a, a tool that we use to demonstrate value. So you have to give value or produce value at larger scales, and then you get more money. So Ben Kenny, another great quote he had from our podcast is he's like, okay, I said, how do I, how do I get worth $10 million? I help 10 people become millionaires. It's like, that'll easily be worth $10 million. So how do I get to a billion, help 100 people, you know, become 10 millionaires? And I was just like, huh, so that's pretty easy. But uh, yeah, man, so moving to Austin. So I came back, talking about seasons of life, I came back from the trip and I came back to Atlanta and all the relationships I had pri- uh, previously from high school, from college, from my corporate days, like those are the people I was hanging out with. And I came to the realization that I had outgrown them. And now eight months after traveling, like those relationships were hanging by a thread. And I was just like, well, now's the time, man. I was like, where do I want to live? Because I don't want to really live in Atlanta anymore. And I was like, where do I want to live? And I could pick anywhere in the world to live. So I was, gonna, I was between San Diego and Austin. And then San Diego, the taxes and then the people that are there are moving a little slower. So I wanted to be around people that are building, people that are like me people that are moving and shaking in tech and real estate and they're building massive monstrous things and they're so excited and so much energy. And then candidly, I also wanted to find a wife. So I'm over here looking for a wife. Uh, so catch 22 there, both, both sides of the coin. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to move to Austin. And I knew a bunch of people here, like I got a bunch of friends, got a bunch of uh, connections. So I'm starting at like the 30 yard line coming here. And so packed up my car five o'clock on a Friday morning, just drove to Austin, Texas, booked an Airbnb on the way. And uh, then signed the lease. And now, you know, over here, this is the happiest I've ever been. And that was the first time I've ever moved, you know. And I couldn't have done that if I hadn't been traveling. But that's what took me to Austin was that is, and I think the lesson for people is, you know, you want to put yourself in those rooms and those cities and those zip codes. I didn't think that this mattered before. I knew the mastermind groups and the, you know, the network is the net worth. But I didn't think where I actually lived mattered. I was just like, I'll live out in the suburbs. I don't care. Now I'm like, screw that. Put me in an apartment downtown. I want to be in the same apartment building of other people that are murdering it. Like, I want to be in the zip codes of people that are murdering it. I want to be in the neighborhood of people that are murdering it. I'll buy the crappy house. I don't care. You know, so that's what I did. And now since here, 
it's like, holy crap, the relationships I've made <laughs> and you're, you're hanging out with, it's very easy to stay humble <laughs> when you're the smallest fish in a massive, massive pond. So I think that's where people get the egos is they are still hanging out with that friend group from 10 years ago and now they've made it. Maybe they're worth, you know, got some zeros and some commas on their net worth and they think that they're, you know, the big dick. But it's very easy to stay humble. People are like, how do you stay humble? It's very easy, I promise you. If you're, if you're worth like $5 million and everyone else around you is 50 you're like, okay, <laughs> there's levels to this. And so it's just a game of continuously you know, getting around those people. Yeah, it seems like everyone's moving to Austin. Um, you know, it's Oops. interesting because I have a project in Austin. So I spend a, a, you know, a, a decent amount of time and have been going there for the last seven eight years and so it's like i kind of know the market but it, to to your point is exactly that proximity really really matters and as mm-hmm. far as uh, you know it's it's changing as far as the zoom and the ability to get on calls and i think you know um the ability to connect with people is expanding exponentially um to, even to your point as far as I, I liked your idea you know the thing of the the mac and a, and a mic. Yeah. This is another big concept that I think is very, very important. And I wanted to kind of spend a couple minutes on was I think that question that your, your coach asked you, the thinking about like things of passive income, and obviously mm-hmm. this shows passive wealth principles, but it was, um, it doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily passive. You know, you're doing and creating some of these things, but changing the reference of about being remote and scalable kind of income that gives you the geographic freedom to either work from a laptop, a, a coffee shop in Greece or in Colombia or wherever. And it happens to be now you have the location ability to be like, I'm going to Austin. I, and, you know, whether you're in Austin or San Diego, I think you're still building the business one way yeah. or the other, very similar. So talk to me about that concept of, you know, not necessarily being fixated on it being passive income, being that different kind of, and, and give some backstory to what that means, that remote, scalable, you know, geographic, you know, independent um, business that you're building. Yeah, so this is, me and my exciting life, right? So, you know, there have been times where it's like, I think people's, uh, people don't really die by murder in business. I feel like most people die by suicide accidentally um, because what they do is they start comparing their scorecards to somebody else's. And then they start trying to play somebody else's game. And then their business and their life crumples because they're playing somebody else's game. So I run a podcast, man, and I run, you know, interview the top people in every single industry. And I interview you in commercial, I interview people that are making millions in wholesale, people making millions in Airbnb and multifamily and everything. And, you know, there was a time in my life where I was going around and I was like, okay, why don't I start a multifamily fund? Why don't I syndicate? Why don't I do mobile home parks? Why don't I do all this? And then it came to the realization where it's just like, it's just not my thing right now. Like, so another clarifying question that my coach gave to me was what feels light versus heavy? And even my single family real estate, the co-living properties felt heavy to me. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I picked up a mic and I started making a podcast and I figured out how to make money from that. I was like, this is the lightest I've ever felt. I'm on fire every day, dude. I feel like freaking Steve Irwin, like when the, at the zoo with the crocodiles. Like that's what I feel like every single freaking day. And I'm like, dude, I want everyone to feel like this. And the thing is like the passive income earns you the ability, like just following your passion blindly, I think is stupid advice. But like the passive income unlocks the ability to do that. So like that's what I talk about is I'm like, okay, you're working as a, as a CPA right now or you're working as a doctor. You don't want to be a doctor anymore. Let's get you enough passive income to get you out of that job. And then like let's slow down and do that navigation period that we talked about and figure out like what do you actually enjoy doing? You know, and like I said, I referenced the Ikigai before. It's a Japanese principle. It's like this giant Venn diagram. It's like, okay, cool. Like what does the market want? So capitalism 101, like you actually have to solve a problem people are willing to pay for. What's the market willing to pay for? What are you great at? And you have skill and proficiency at, and what do you love? And then the intersection of all four of those circles, like that's your thing. And so for me, mine is connection. And so I've had a freaking blast doing this and growing this business, man. And now it's just like, you're making more money and more money and more money because the, the thing is, 
um, anybody with businesses that's listening to this that owns their own business and that's running a business realizes that the business cash flow is way more fun. <laughs> it's way faster than just like, okay, I bought, you know, this hundred unit as an LP or maybe even as a GP and like, yeah, I'm making, you know, 4,000 passive. Like that's a longer process to where it's like, it's a way easier for me to generate 50,000, 60,000, 100,000, 140,000 a month. Like right now, do what I'm doing. And I have way more fun doing it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to play my score. Like, I'm going to keep score with my scorecard with what I want to do. And so that's why everything that I've got set on cash right now, I could buy more real estate, do more real estate deals, but I don't think I want to. Like, this is just my thing. And I want everyone to find their thing. Your thing may be, you know, running real estate. Like, it could be that, you know, it could be creating a fund or doing deals or, you know, flipping houses that could be the thing that you really enjoy doing. But for me, it's just like, I look at like the Rogans, Tim Ferriss. I look at those guys. I'm like, damn, I want their lives. Not because of the money, but because they just get to really be around cool, interesting people all day. And that's what I want. Like I care about relationships more than anything. So with me being able to have my entire business built around building relationships with people, taking them from, you know, point A to point B, putting them in rooms with like guys like you, Jake and other guys and putting them with like accountability partners and peers and mentors and helping people do things faster than I did them. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'm on fire every day. Like I said, because it's like, candidly, there's a lot of guys making a lot more money than me uh, with way bigger balance sheets that don't have nearly the degree of freedom that I have. And that's even when I start, you know, settling down with a kid and everything. I've got this built right now. Everything I do is built to support my future family. So it's like right now I could support a family of four. Now, granted, popping those kids out, whole different thing. <laughs> so, but I could do it anywhere I want. If my wife wants, if my future wife says, hey, I want to go live in freaking Montana. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go to Montana. I can do my business there. So it's like, that's what I do everything for. So hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, I think uh, I interviewed uh, Ray Cardano on uh, my my podcast previously. I brought him uh, into the abundance. Yeah, as far as exactly, I love Ray. You know, the the big thing was he was like he only did stuff that gave him passive. He was like, dude, I'm not going to run anything. Mm-hmm. I will only do something if I can get someone else to do the do the work for me. But in exactly what you just said is as he started having, you know expanding his family he was like wait i was accustomed to living at this dollar amount now the cost has gone up yeah Uh so he had to go and you know then he went and focused on expanding his existing you know kind of cash flows and uh, again it's you don't necessarily have to go there first and and i think most people in life and i don't know what the actual there's like um a, a saying to it but like you conform to your environment so if you're given two hours to complete a task, you'll take two hours. If you're given 15 minutes, you'll take 15 minutes. It's like time uh, blocking principles as well as like, you know, whatever you're given, you'll expand to that. And so um, you don't know what it is in the future. You know, you might want 15 kids, you know, your wife may want 15 kids, right. you know, calm down, Jake. I don't want, I don't want my future wife listening to this. No, but I mean, to your point, like things change, we go through different seasons of life right now, like zoom out, right? 28 year old Brian right now, that's building this really cool thing that I can do around the world. Is that going to be my legacy business? Highly, highly, highly doubt it, but it's sure fun as shit to do right now. And I'm okay with that because I live in the now, like I plan for the future, but I live in the now. And I know that everything that I do compounds on itself. And I only play compounding games. So I build audience online. That's a compounding game. As time goes on, audience grows, things become easier. Look at Brandon Turner. He's doing just fine. He can raise $10 million with an email, right? So it's just like audience compounds. My business compounds on itself because it's all recurring. So when people join, it's like more and more people join. And then that helps more and more people join. It becomes easier for more people to join through referral, through affiliate. Um, and like my skill sets compound. So I built the skill set of now uh, my thing that I'm really working on right now is putting on my hiring hat. It's not a hat I've had to wear before, um, of building something that's bigger than me. I'm going from a me to a we. So I'm going from an I do to a we do in my business. And now I finally transitioned to where I've got an operator that I've got on that I brought in through action Academy. 
single uh, stay at home mom, not single. Sorry, Caitlin, if you're listening to this, stay at home mom, <laughs> four kids with a husband, <laughs> happily married. And she uh, joined in December, no real estate. Q1 bought a quadplex that she's MTRing out for $3,000 a month net passive. Speaking of passive again, and she just bought a 61 unit self storage facility, no money down of her own. So she's on top of the world. She's now my integrator. And now I've brought her into my world to be my like chief of staff. She's my COO. And so now she runs the operations and onboarding of Action Academy. And I've got a couple other team members now too. So that's the hat that I'm putting on. Um, is you know how to hire, delegate, inspire, like promote, have a vision that's big enough that I can create that other people can become multimillionaires within my world and my vision, which I get from David Osborne. So this is so much fun for me, dude. Like there's no revenue goal for me that's like we'll hit one million, so we'll be a seven figure annual company this year. Then eight figures, cool. But it's just like right now, it's like the process of learning these things. It's like, that doesn't just go away. Like, it becomes easier and easier and easier because you've done the thing. So it's like the next business, I'll probably start a new business at 40. And maybe I'll start a new business at 50, then 60. I want to be 90 years old doing deals, dude. Like, this is so much fun for me. I just want to keep that going. So it's like, seasons of life come and go. But I think that at its core, if you just really enjoy the day-to-day and you enjoy the hike up the mountain, I think that's the overall secret to happiness in life is just doing hard things on purpose and enjoying the process of doing them. I was talking exactly that same thing. I have a um, kind of a mentor thing from uh, school. I went to grad school at FIU, uh, Florida International down in Miami. And so I'm on their, their board. And so they have, you know, young, you know, people that are part of the program. I'm kind of guiding through. And I, I've used this in the past, but it was exactly what you just said as far as about the the journey component of it. And I, I find that, and I'm a victim or guilty of this as well, is um, you get focused on the destination. Like, for instance, you know, hey, I want to ride 50 miles, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so what happens is you start thinking about that is you start checking the things off of like, all right, we got 50 miles to get on to ride the bike and it's 50 and then 49 and then 48 and 47, 46. And you're like, and you're, you're starting to pace yourself and time that out and doing those other things versus the person that just loves riding their bike. Yep. And so what happens is the person that loves riding their bike is not focused on the the destination. They're just enjoying the day-to-day activity of, is it raining? Cool. I don't care. I get to ride my bike, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like that, that youthful kind of vigor. And then my, my kids and when they learn to ride a bike, like they just want to go ride a bike. They just want to go ride around. Like they're like, how many miles are you riding? Be like, I'm not uh-huh. even thinking about that. Like all I'm like, I want to ride around in a circle. Like I, I have nowhere to go. And so that, becomes part of the component of reveling in the journey, the steps that you're going to be taking today and tomorrow. And like exactly what you just said, diving into the building process, like I'm building an audience, you're learning to hire people. And guess what? You're going to suck at hiring until you get better at hiring because it's like, hell yeah, it has been miserable. It has been awful. Everyone, here's my another freaking soapbox I get on. Everyone's like, hire an operator, hire an operator, hire an integrator, hire an assistant. Motherfucker is a skill that needs to be learned. People act like it's so easy. Oh, I'm just going to buy this business and hire an operator. Okay. Have you done that before? It's hard. <laughs> like it's a skill that needs to be built, <laughs> right? And it's fun, dude. It's a blast. Another quote that's just like that is, the man that loves walking will walk further than the man that loves the destination. It's the same thing. And it's like the only reason that I have this perspective, uh, Naval's got a great quote, Naval Ravikant, where he's like, let's get everyone rich, happy, and fit so they can realize it was never, like rich and fit to realize it was never the answer. Like, so it's like, let's get everyone a bunch of money so they can realize it was never the answer to happiness. And you can only realize it when you have the perspective of having money. So having a podcast where I'm interviewing guys between five and 500 million um, every day for the last year and a half, we've done like 400 episodes. So it's like, this is, I'm talking to guys that are like there every single day and that's normal for me. So I've had billionaires on and it's just to get the same pieces of advice over and over and over and over again. 
then it's just like that's what reinforces it. And that's what the cool thing about podcasts and media is, is you get to talk to these people and it gives you such a shortcut. So I'm not getting a shortcut in life because I'm some wonder kid or because I'm smart or anything. The only reason I'm getting a shortcut is because I'm freaking curious and I've got a podcast where I can talk to really cool people. And I have that one-on-one and it's a cheat code because now it's like, yeah, some of you went and got your MBAs, but it's just like, I'm at 400 hours of direct mentorship one-on-one. Like I see something where I'm like, okay, I want to build, you know, Action Academy to where it will be sellable one day. So somebody would say, let me go watch a YouTube video on that. I'm like, no, I'm going to go interview John Warlow who wrote Built to Sell, the book on, you know, building businesses to sell. And he coached me for three hours, one-on-one, on building my business. So it's like, it's a cheat code. So imagine, how would I not be on fire every single day? Like, now I've got Walker Dribble coming on. He wrote a buy, a buy, buy Not Build, I think. Buy Don't Build uh, for his company, for his book. So it's so cool, dude. Well, and I, I love what you, you just said was, um, I want people to make sure to hear that, is... Action Academy, what you've been building, you've also been taking massive amounts of action mm-hmm. every single day, putting out an episode. And, and I think it is not dipping the toe in it has, you have taken massive action towards Jump, that, yeah. you know, and you've gone out there and I know because I've seen this, the amount of emails, text messages, DMS, other things that you're putting out there to try to get these guests on, to try mm-hmm. to get that, you know, the built to sell author, to get Cameron Harold, to get, you know, Walker, to get these people on is, you know, and maybe that's back to your, your roots of your B2B sales, but it's like, it, it's you're really fun grinding for me. on some of this stuff. And it's not just like happenstance by taking massive action. Mm-hmm. What happens is you, create your own opportunities you know Mm -hmm. the harder i work the luckier i get that's you that's brian the luckier you know uh the the harder you work the luckier i get and how do you end up in austin how do you get these connections how do you get those because you've taken massive action i know we're wrapping up here on on the the you and i can riff off of this because we've done this for hours we've done this but i wanted to ask a few questions that they're going to be rapid fire, but your responses don't have to be rapid fire. And, you know, it kind of dives into a little bit of the tactics. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing, the first question is, what book have you gifted most to other people? The Gap and the Gain. The Gap and the Gain by Ben Hardy and Dan Sullivan. It's the cheat code to happiness. Like, that is happiness, is living in... Uh, acknowledgement of where you are today versus where you started from, as opposed to where you are today versus an ideal in the future. Uh, gratitude, making sure it's a muscle that you work out like in the gym every day, like that, that's how to be happy. So if you're an entrepreneur that doesn't know how to be happy, gap in the game. Love it. Love that book too. Um, what is one thing that you've spent money on in the last, well, I'll say the last six months that has given you back the most time? <laughs> I'm so happy about this, dude. So uh, I have recently hired like a meal prep service. So the next step to this will be when I have a house hiring a prep private chef. But this is as close as I need to be right now um, in my apartment, right? So I hired a meal prep service, a local meal prep service, and they bring me all my meals once a week. So they're all fresh, freshly cooked meals in Austin, Texas. Uh, they're all macros perfectly into my macros, perfectly what I need. They're delicious. They're amazing. Um, so I don't have to cook. I don't have to worry about groceries. I don't have to worry about going anywhere. And I can still go dine out whenever I feel like it. And I've got my meals there. So I don't have to like wait. I was door dashing every day. So this is so perfect. And now I've got a maid upstairs cleaning uh, twice a week, uh, twice a month. And they go deep clean my house, do my dishes, do everything. So I don't got to do that anymore. So my entire life is automated and delegated to where I don't even have to run my own business technically. Caitlin runs my business. I just have to make content and do be like the lighthouse. Like that's my job in my business. Just be the lighthouse calling all the ships to harbor and saying, hey, I'm here for you. I've been you. I've got you. And like so that's what the role I serve. So I go on podcasts. I make podcasts. I make content. And I set the vision for the company. Awesome. Well, 
the last thing is where can people find you? They love what you've just said. And what is the, the ask of the audience when they do come find you? Sure. So I'll say check out Action Academy podcast. Um, that's my show. Like Jake said, I do it five days a week. Haven't missed in 429 days now daily. It doesn't matter what time zone I'm in. I've woken up at 4 a.m. in Mykonos to make sure I get a podcast episode out. I'm like, oh, crap. Um, so we don't miss. And so that's probably the best resource. Uh, we interview guests between five and 500 million that have earned their freedom through real estate and business acquisition. So we talk a lot about conversations we had today. Uh, we had Jake on here twice. So we got high quality guests. You guys should check that out. If you're wanting to leave your nine to five. Yeah, Jake's shaking his hand. He's not quite sure. Um, if you want to leave your nine to five um, and go like deep in the weeds, we have our community. We'll hold you massively accountable. The secret sauce is we have no secret sauce. We give all the information away for free on the podcast. But if you want someone that's going to kick your ass and tell you, hey, are you dialing your brokers? Are you analyzing deals? Are you sending your LOIs out week after week after week? That's our thing. So check out the podcast. That will lead you to the community because we talk about it every day. So I'll check that out. Instagram, Brian Lubin. You can just type my name anywhere and I'm there. Awesome, dude. Brian, I just wanted to give you a uh, gratitude as far as uh, I love watching you build in public. I love the way that you show up um, everywhere, not only just online, but in person uh, as a human. Uh, I know you and I have been on some calls and, and also you sharing some of those struggles as far as, you know, that, that that's real life, that mm-hmm. there are times that there's stress and, you know, uh, panic attacks and anxiety and heartbreak and failure. And, and that oftentimes kind of get brushed under the rug. I, I appreciate the way that you share that out there with the world. Uh, I, I think more people need to understand that. And, you know, maybe there's, and there are seasons of life that you're going to things go wrong and they go wrong in bunches just as things go right. They go right in bunches. And so it's just like to understand that that is, you know, to be human. And, and I just love the way that you show up as a true, the authentic version of yourself. I'm sure there's lots of things you don't share with everyone, but as much as you put out there, I truly appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being a part of the passive wealth tribe for the community out here, the podcast. And I just, continue to be that light out into the world to show other people and go help other people, you know, put down those heavy things. Appreciate it, everybody. I love being your friend, man. Thank you for the guidance. Thank you for the show. And thanks for having me. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on Passive Wealth Principles Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If the episode made you think of someone, go ahead and take a screenshot and share this episode with them. You can tag us or find us as a podcast at Catch Knives or me personally at Jake.realestate. For those investors that are listening to this and want to be able to take advantage of distressed investing opportunities, a perfect place to start is my best-selling book, which also happens to be called Catching Knives. It's a full breakdown and guide on how I and many of my partners take advantage of opportunities in distressed commercial real estate. Go to www.catchkniveswithans.com and grab the book there as there's a few book bonuses that I know you'll love. Once again, www.catchkniveswithans.com. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.